Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm Josh Gessman along with Jared Dubois. On today's show, we're going to be joined by two great guys. First off, LA Galaxy defender AJ Delagarza will stop by to talk his preseason injury and this LA Galaxy team. Then we'll be joined by former LA Galaxy and current Houston striker Chandler Hoffman. Along the way, we'll recap the 2-2 draw with your calls and your analysis. And we'll get you ready for LA Galaxy's face-off against the Houston Dynamo on Saturday. We've got a ton to get to, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Now here are your hosts, Josh Gessman and Jared Dubois. Welcome back to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm Josh Gessman. He is Mr. Jared Dubois. We have a bunch of fun stuff to talk about. Like we said, two great guests coming up for you, AJ Delagarza. Mr. Chandler Hoffman now, the Houston Dynamo, will talk to us after that. So uh, a lot to get to, a lot to cover. And, of course, Jared, we have to start right where we... Uh, we left off basically with the LA Galaxy's 2-2 crazy wacky zany draw with the uh, the Portland Timbers up in raining windy turf ridden Portland. I don't you think of a turf when you think of Portland? I don't know for one of those reasons for some reason I don't really think of turf when I think of Portland. Well, I don't think about it as much as I do when I think of Seattle or Montreal. Me too, which is why I think it's odd that you mentioned it, because I guess I don't really think of it that way. Maybe the atmosphere makes up for the turf, in my opinion. Yeah, it's not like Seattle, where it's not just turf, it's bad turf, um, or Montreal, which is sort of the same condition. They at least have, have what I guess we would call good turf at in yeah, Portland. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, there's a grade to it. I can't remember what it, what, it, what grade it is. But uh, yeah, they've spent actually a good chunk of money getting a really nice uh, turf up there. For some reason, it just doesn't seem like it feels like the ball rolls better there. It, it doesn't does. seem like it, it bounces checks. quite the same. It, a, it, it, it lends itself to a bit prettier quality of ball, I would say. But I think the wind was a big factor in this game uh, most of the way through the night. Yeah, it certainly was an interesting game. Um, you know, I, I'm sort of used to this now, Jared. I think there's two places that the LA Galaxy struggle, um, and they're, they're two weird places. And I don't think it has anything to do with um, atmosphere, although Portland certainly has atmosphere. But whenever I think of the other place that I struggle, I know it's not atmosphere. So FC Dallas and, and against the Timbers seem to be where the LA Galaxy always have wacky, crazy games. And it, it, this one certainly lived up to the billing. Yeah, I think uh, when it comes to Dallas, I think it's not necessarily the environment. But uh, Dallas has a pretty long track record of being a fast team. 
And I think LA is never necessarily considered a fast team. And I think they struggle with speed. Right. And when you think about Portland, um, I mean, Michaela Porter has just got thoroughbreds up there consistently. So I think what that has to do more with is not necessarily the environment, the field or anything like that. But um, the galaxy is a team that likes to play the ball on the ground. They usually have more aged players. I mean, they have some, they have a really young players to balance out the salary cap and really old player, older players to that uh, are like the DP level. And I think they struggle with speed because of that. And I think that's really what that has to do with more than anything else. But Portland on the night, I think definitely the speed killed us. Uh, When you think of the first goal, even obviously Robbie Rogers getting kind of caught out of position. Right. And I think that's something that we knew we were going to live with for about a, for with Robbie Rogers, a a converted midfielder into fullback. I think you always knew that there's going to be certain times like this, that, he was going to be off the page a bit. And I think you have to live with this. I think if, if, if one goal like this every, I don't know, six to eight games happens, you can live with that for what Robert Rogers gives you on the other side of the ball. Yeah, I, I don't, you're right. He was, I think he was at fault in the first goal. He keeps, he keeps Audi on, on side, which is, which is where you're, you're sort of getting it. And, and I understand that. Um, you know, I think if you look at the LA galaxy that, uh, they got burned on the counter many times here. And if it wasn't for some, some unlucky finishing and maybe even some poor finishing by Portland, I think LA could have been down a whole bunch, but I think you could say the same thing about the LA galaxy is that if the finishing was better, that they could have had a whole bunch more goals. I mean, it's early in the season. It was super windy. The rain was coming in sideways. Um, you know, it's going to be a slide sloppy match anyway, and you sort of got some sloppy, but sometimes also pretty goals um, from both of these teams. And so, you know, I want to I want to be upset that the LA Galaxy let in two goals after such a solid defensive performance against Chicago. Again, I don't know how much that's going to prove out to be, um, you know, a qualifier for the rest of the year with uh, with Chicago not being that great, Jared. Um, but, you know, they, they showed some fight. They got back. And quite honestly, Portland did this to the LA Galaxy last season whenever the LA Galaxy had a, a lead late into a game and, and Portland went and, t- and tied it deep into stoppage time. So, I mean, this is just, I, I think I want to say this is just how Portland and LA go and, and sort of say, hey, we got a point and, and you leave. I think it's unfortunate, though, that LA couldn't be the team that put their stamp on the on the game. If you think about it, Portland wants to run. They're going to want to oh, run yeah. the entire game. And when you think about that first goal, it's not just about the uh, unfortunately missed uh, offside trap by uh, Rob, Robbie Rogers. It has to do with going the full length of the field in a matter of what, 15 seconds. Yeah, quick. And, and anytime the game is going to be played that open, it plays to Portland's advantage. LA wants to get the ball, put it to feet, slow the game down and not play it as open as that. If they, if you can get it to ball the Darlington Nagby on one half of the midfield and let him carry it all the way into the other eight, you're going to have problems because you're playing then to Portland's strengths. The best teams that play against Portland have neutralized Darlington Nagby over the last season. He hasn't been a factor for much of the 2014 season. Early on, two games in, Darlington Nagby has been a much more involved piece of what Portland's been doing. And I think for teams going forward, they're going to have to neutralize him in some way. And I think that means getting a body on him early and not allowing him to turn. When he turns up field, it opens up a series of options for the Portland Timbers. And I think you saw that in that first goal against L.A. For L.A., however, I think what it comes down to at this point is Every result that results in points for L.A. until Steven Gerrard gets here is an absolute bonus. Not to say that L.A. is not going to be a good team during that stretch run, but you know you have a huge piece of your puzzle that's not here right now. So I think it's kind of – and with losing Marcelo Sarvis as well, you really kind of have to mitigate your expectations for the first half of this season. And if they can come out – 
I don't know, averaging 1.5 points a game or something in that regard through that area, through that range of uh, games to, to until Steven Gerrard gets here. I think that's a pretty good position for themselves. Well, if you go up and you and you realize that Portland does look dangerous this year and that they may end up being one of the better teams in the Western Conference, then I think you have to be pretty happy with taking a point from a difficult place to play, obviously with atmosphere and in difficult conditions. I think that if you're looking at it from that way, that's a that's a good deal. I just want to go over the starting lineup real quick. Um, really, the only change from uh, uh, the first game of the year against Chicago was Kenny Walker was out and Baggio Hustidic started in his place. So you had Zardes and Keen up top, Villarreal again on that left-hand side, Ishizaki on the right mid-side, Robbie Rogers, Leonardo, Omar Gonzalez, Dan Gargan, and Brian Rowe got the start again in goal. Now, according to reports and even more reports that came out, the reason that Brian Rowe got the start again was because Jaime Pinedo had a migraine. So the first game, Jaime Pinedo didn't play because Jaime Pinedo said that it was because of the contract negotiations, Jared. The, Bruce said it was because he was coming off an injury and uh, and that he hadn't has, had as many games as Brian Rowe. Now the second game that Jaime Pinedo is supposed to play, he gets a migraine. And so that's why he didn't play in this game. It's just I, so, so it, it's convenient, like my wife. That's, see, I just I'm just like, hey, you know, I'm not saying there's any fire there, but there seems to be some smoke. And you know, Jaime Pinedo says that he's ready to go, and Bruce says that Jaime Pinedo is ready to go. So maybe this whole thing has worked itself out. But I think there's more to the story than that. I, I think what, what what bothers me most about this is that. I don't understand why we ever went away from Josh Saunders two years ago. I know he had that weird kind of bit of the season where he was kind of unavailable. And, and to this day, I don't really understand what was behind it. Right. But when you see him playing for NYCFC right now and he's lights out and you think about the cost involved to keep Josh Saunders versus bringing in, um, you bring in Jaime Pinedo, you bring in, uh, what was the Italian from Chelsea. Why am I blinking? Um, uh, uh, Carlo Cudicini. Can we bring in Carlo Cudicini? I mean, these are moves that just didn't feel like they had to be made. Right. Now, granted, I was a huge fan of bringing Javier Pinedo in here. I loved him when he's played for Get for Panama against the U.S. before coming to Galaxy. I still like him as the LA Galaxy keeper. But you think about the value of Josh Saunders at the price that you can get. Mm-hmm. And then the if you start having these kind of things going on behind the scenes with Jaime Pinedo, right, I know. now I'm starting to wonder, like, I don't understand. It seems like, and, and this is actually a testament to Bruce Arena and the Galaxy, that despite a revolving door of keepers going back to Donovan Ricketts, right. you know, then to Josh Saunders, then to Cudicini, now to, to Pinedo, and now maybe to Rowe, for, for God knows who, who knows who's going to be next, the team has been consistent. And that's a really, really t- good testament to the players around the goalkeeper position. Now, maybe it speaks to the fact that maybe the goalkeeper position isn't as important to the LA Galaxy when you have a good defense and, and spine in front of it. But that it being said, it makes me wonder why we didn't just go kind of economical and maybe you don't have to give up a Marcelo Sarvis in terms of salary if you had been able to keep a Josh Saunders two years ago. Yeah, I know. There's certainly something to that. And, and you know, I'm, like, again, you know, it could all be completely above board, Jared, and, and Bruce and, and Jaime could be best pals. I'm just saying that it... it Come I, on. I don't, I don't feel that way right now, okay? That's all. And I, I don't think that most fans and, and listeners feel that way. So anyway, that is... What do you think about the Villa, Villa Real? Um, first of all, the Hussidish is the only change in the lineup. Correct. I think you were a fan of that. I know you liked that move. That's fine. But that, that was what, expected. How long is the lifespan of Jose Villarreal in the starting lineup of this team? Oh, that's such a great question. Um... <laughs> You know, basically, I really think until uh, until you can see see th- here's the problem is that even if if uh, if Mika uh, Varnan comes in and takes the spot from Husidic, that doesn't necessarily mean that Husidic is going to move out left. I think Jose Villarreal could be a very good option. He's played great in two games, so I have no problems with that. It's just 
it's it's interesting. Let, let me phrase this question differently yeah. to you then. Who has more of a grasp on a starting a starting position right now, Villarreal or Ishizaki? Villarreal. Okay, but has Ishizaki been as impressive over the first two games of the season? He's been slightly less, but not not horrible. I mean, I think Jose Villarreal has played two excellent games. So, I mean, in the short sample that we've seen Jose play at that left mid role, he's been outstanding. Some great crosses, obviously got the first goal assist uh, to Giassi Zardes on the near post with a great bending ball. See, that's the thing that you're getting from Villarreal that maybe we haven't had in that left mid uh, section is the ability to cross the ball with his left foot with a lot of bend and, and get the ball in dangerous positions. I like that. And, Ishizaki, and the ability to take on defenders as well. Yeah, and Ishizaki's doing the same on the right-hand side with maybe a little less bend. Um, but, you know, either, between both those guys, I think they're both real even right now. I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you're getting rid of either of them right now. Well, that being said, I was extremely impressed with what Varna showed me in this limited minutes he had in this game. I thought he was incredibly cool and composed on the ball. Kept things amazingly simple, tight passing, awareness, head on a swivel, did the smart play almost every time right. he had the ball and won some tackles as well. I was very impressed with the player. I don't think I've been this impressed in the first appearance of a player with the Galaxy since Stefan Ishizaki. You know, I was on that bandwagon early yeah, you were. When, you were. when he first showed up. I You could tell he had talent right from the start, and that's how I feel about when I watch Vernon right now. Well, here, let's listen to Bruce Arena after the game uh, talking about uh, Mika's play here in this. So here's Bruce Arena. Mika played very well. You know, obviously, it's going to take him some time to get acclimated and adjusted to our team, but uh, it was a very impressive showing on this part today. So, so like I said, there's Bruce Arena uh, post game in the uh, locker room there, as you can hear all the wonderful echoes from uh, Jay Z going in the from, background. Yes, I think it plays throughout all of Bruce's uh, sound bites in here. So they were all done in rapid succession. But uh, nonetheless, he was uh, Bruce was pretty pleased, and actually, I'll play his uh, his thoughts on uh, how the team played against Portland. Yeah, we we played well today. It would have been. It would have been uh, awful not to get a point out of this game. Our, our, our team was uh, very good over the last 60 minutes today. And, of course, my favorite soundbite from Bruce after this is that uh, LA Galaxy insider Adam Serrano said, does, does this sort of become a, a learning process for the guys in September and October that they've been through this rough sort of patch, uh, you know, being down a goal late and coming back? And, and this, of course, is classic Bruce's answer. Don't worry about September and October. We're worried about next Saturday now. I'm happy you're all got us ready for September and October, but we got a lot of games ahead to make our, our team better. There you go. So Bruce Arena being normal Bruce after the uh, LA Galaxy's 2-2 draw there with Portland. Uh, Jared, I want to get to some of these calls, and I want to know if you had any particulars that you wanted me to get to or if you would like me to just pick some of the, well, some of the better you ones. Well, I think you've heard them all the way through. I have the gist of some of them, but I'll trust. Uh, I'll defer to you in terms of uh, knowing exactly which one is the uh, money call here. Uh, of, of course. Well, I want to play some of these. I want to try to get to a couple different people. We had eight calls into the corner of the Galaxy hotline. And by the way, if someone wants to call, how do they do that? Uh, see, this is whenever you ask me, and I'm supposed to remember what the number is off the top of my head. Oh my even though, I thought like, you were professional. You have, you have literally five pages of notes, notes for the game yeah. and not a phone number within it. Yeah, They were all the way down at the bottom. I have it here for you. It's yeah. 949-385-2641 if you would like to call the COG hotline. There you go. 949-385-2641 or 949-385-COG1. Put it in your phone. Call after the games. I'll remind you. I'll tweet it out. Um, and By and, the way, uh, I think also if you go rewind to the opening intro, I think you said the word urinalysis. Urina- really? 
You said your analysis, but it sounds like your analysis, your, your like analysis. you're doing like a drug test. Yes, everybody now pee into a cup. That's what I want. I, we're going to have to screen our listeners now from my Make here Make sure on. they're not on any HEH. That's, that's exactly, exactly it. All right, let's go to our very first call. I want to play this one just because we're sort of going around the United States. I want you guys to realize that not just LA Galaxy fans here in the Southland, there are LA Galaxy fans all over. So let's hear from Sarah. I'm Sarah from New Jersey, and I thought LA played a great game, and they had a great comeback, and I love LA Galaxy. There you go. See, that's that's simple. I want to know. I see some some of you guys out see, there. See, that's a, that's a level of fandom I don't have. You know, I'm like that. Such a like a like a no inspired like I, I'm I don't know like I can't get that level of fandom but uh, I, I'm stoked for her she sounds like she lives for this team yeah certainly so uh so that's certainly interesting there we'll we'll uh we appreciate Sarah calling in all I'm right such a curmudgeon Sir, <laughs> you are we need to lighten you up a little bit I think that's how it goes let's go over to uh Brian and Brian had a great comment on this game hey this is Brian from Hawaii once again hello Gordon for the win well tie. But only in Hollywood, Los Angeles, can you get the effects like that. Silencing an entire Portland arena. Magic. Pure magic. I'm pretty sure that was a mic drop at the end. I think that's what it was. Magic. Pure magic. Mic drop. Yeah, and also that Alan Gordon finish, it makes me wonder, it wasn't so much, maybe it wasn't so much San Jose that had that kind of magic. Maybe it was just Alan Gordon. And is there a player, I can't remember a player ever with the Galaxy that the second time around, I like so much more than I liked the (laughs) The first first time time around. around, I know. I used to rail on Alan Gordon about how bad he was, and now I'm like, it's Alan Gordon, man. He's 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 a hero. That's what he is. He's absolutely not just that. He's a hero and mascot in one. He he is he is fun. He is he's good to watch. He is that guy. He's a bro. I don't know how else to explain it, but he's a bro. Yeah, I guess so. Speaking of bro, why don't you go with uh, Mr. Brian here? All right, excuse me, with Bobby. With Bobby. All right, here's Bobby. Bobby writes for us here at Corner of the Galaxy. So here is Bobby. Hey Josh, this is Bobby. Yes, you're right. Can I can I say that he see he didn't even reference anybody else on the show? I'm I'm gonna have to talk to him about that. Just well, in his defense, he never knows who the the cavalcade of stars you have through here. Who's you just be hosting you, with you on any. This is week. this this is cog. You know etiquette. You just say hey guys, all right, and then you have to say. I think no. I think etiquette is that you always defer to the original and assume I'm going to be on the, the show. show. Okay. And anyone else that shows up, I mean, they have to deal with it. Cog hotline etiquette one: tell us your name and where you're calling from, and then say. Jared, pledge your allegiance to me. Pledge your allegiance to Jared. All right, back to Bobby. Hey, Josh, this is Bobby. Yes, you're right. And I just want to call in uh, to talk about the game. Well, I think that we did what we were supposed to do. As an opposing team, yes, you know, it's always good to get a victory. But we got the tie and we got the one point. You know, honestly, substitutions for Bruce. Bruce is always going to do that, no matter what. He's gonna always going to flip in some new players in and take some out. Yeah, that's really where I want to I want to focus on Bobby's call is the substitutions because it's something you and I haven't talked about and it was the big topic after the game, Jared. And uh, you look at the LA Galaxy's uh, substitutions. Uh, Varnan comes in for uh, Bejiu, who said it should about the 62nd minute. Um, then you had Alan Gordon come on for Jose Villarreal in the 76th minute. This moved Alan Gordon up top and Giassi's artist out to the left hand side. All right, and then in the 87th minute, also on that left hand side, you had Todd Donovan come in for Robbie Rogers at that left back role, and it was Todd. Todd Donovan, who gets burned in the uh, latter stages of the match to eventually see Portland Damn, dude, take just, the 2-1. Just, like, yeah, I did. Just totally like, I did. steamrolled your boy. I, I, I love Todd. You guys all know that I'm, I'm a big fan of his, but um, he got burned around the outside. There was too much speed for him there, and you know you sort of have to... Listen, everybody's saying that you can't put Todd Donovan in that situation, Jared, because he's too slow. 
Okay, and I, mean, I think Bruce put him in who that. Who isn't situation. slow against Darlington Nagby? Though it, it's true, it's true. But I think Bruce put him in that situation, thinking that he was going to lock down the defense. And I don't think he expects Todd Dunamit, who has dealt with fast people throughout his career, to you know get burned that bad. I think he knows how to handle fast people, and unfortunately, it was bad. I think even Todd Dunavant would tell you that that was a horrible play on his part. Jeez, man, just like kicking a guy when he's down. He's 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 not down. He he's played in the game. He played in the game. He has plenty of chances to come back. I have a feeling that I Bruce... just enjoy putting the pressure on you. Yeah, I know. I, I think Bruce will put him in a game again. Um, uh, listen, but Todd Dunn is not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. He's got leadership. He's got positioning, sense of positioning. Older players, as they lose their speed, usually gain position. Look at Dan Gargan on the other side. He's no spring chicken. Mm-hmm. I know, but what he lacks in speed, he makes up for in position. And he actually has a very good awareness of when to go forward. I would say his timing and his understanding of where the game is and the play is to know when to go forward and when not to is ex- is excellent. So, I mean, you have you gain things having Todd Dunvin on the field. You would think that in that position that he would play the angle and uh, right. and hopefully uh, mitigate the shot. And I'm sure, I mean, the pass, and I'm sure he meant to. It's unfortunate, but uh, I, does Robbie Rogers really can go 90 minutes every game going up and down the field the way he does? He, he, basically, he basically plays the, both of the outside backs well, play this midfield is where roles. The, this is where the, the, the return of our upcoming guest, A.J. De La Garza, comes right. into hand. Right, right, and and how that shifts the lineup and 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 who ends up playing. I mean, it's it's really... It's all across the board. I think the bottom line for this, if you're an LA Galaxy fan, if you're upset about the 2-2 draw, I think that you have to understand Portland is has always been a difficult place for the LA Galaxy to play. Um, it's good that they came back. They actually made Portland feel like they lost points. And the LA Galaxy feel like they gained a point there, and they did. They got a point on you know, the road. Let me, let me ask you a question. Yeah. How dirty does it make you feel how much you have to give props to Leonardo of the way he's played over the last maybe eight games of last season and the first two of this season? It, it will. It makes me feel like, Hey, Leonardo, where has this been the whole dang time? You've and doesn't been it make you actually really think like, wh- how did Bruce, what did Bruce arena see that he knew this and we didn't? It's I've, I've stopped questioning Bruce's ability to see things that I can't possibly understand. So I, 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 you know, you trust Bruce. That's bottom line is you trust him and you and you go with his. At a certain point, you start wondering, where's my man AJ going to get in? Yeah, You know what? That is an excellent question. And I think it's one we'll probably have to ask him whenever he comes back on. So why don't we go ahead and take a break? I want to tell you about a, a new song, a new band that also has agreed to let us use their music without suing them. Um, so this is Dream in California by Drop City Yacht Club. Please go on iTunes and download their stuff. It's a great song. Actually mentions David Beckham and Landon Donovan and the LA Galaxy in a later verse. I doubt we'll get that far. But nonetheless, uh, Drop City Yacht Club, you can follow them on Twitter. You can get them on iTunes, all that fun stuff. So you're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. We'll be right back with LA Galaxy defender AJ Delagarza. They've never taken a photo with A.J. De La Garza and therefore can never be traded. Please welcome back Corner of the Galaxy. 
And welcome back to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Josh Gessman with you once again, and Jared will be back to join me in just a few minutes. But I wanted to get to our next guest. He's had a bit of a rocky preseason, and injury has kept him sidelines, but it looks like that's all behind us now. We can see the light at the end of the tunnel. So, please welcome back LA Galaxy Defender, Mr. AJ Delagarza. AJ, thanks for stopping by. Certainly appreciate it. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problems. And, and AJ, you're at a restaurant right now, so if anybody hears anything in the background, it's just you getting your drink on, right? <laughs> now my sushi on. <laughs> your, su- your sushi on. Oh, that works, too. That works, too. I, I wanted to start with the uh, the first question. I think it's this, the, the one that everybody sort of wants to know, but I'd ask you sort of how your preseason has gone, but I have to imagine it hasn't as exactly gone to your liking so far. Uh, no, my preseason has been a lot of running. Uh, you know, I that my, my foot injury in the second week of, of training I've been sidelined, uh, so I was just doing fitness kind of for the last four weeks until the leading up to that first uh, home opener where I was kind of back out there training, not 100%, but right. and I was able to, to, to train and, and get some work in. So, so you got to do all the running and none of the soccer playing? Exactly. I got to, I got to run sprints while everyone else got to play soccer for about four or five weeks. What what exactly was the foot injury? What happened? Uh, how, how did you get it? Uh, well, I remember last year, Gordo had stepped on my foot before the game in Columbus, mm-hmm. and it just kind of nagged me since then. And then, uh, you know, I thought it would get better uh, after I rested it. Right. And then, then the off season, it never fully healed. And then the second week, I kind of stepped on uh, Charlie Rock's foot as I was coming down uh, trying to win a ball. And my foot just really got jammed up, and you know, thankfully uh, it wasn't as bad as you know everyone first thought it would have been. And, right. and that was that I would need some type of surgery uh, and be out for quite some time. Yeah, yeah. So that's why Charlie Rugg uh, got loaned out to uh, to Indy, right? Because yeah. he because ste- he stepped on your foot and you stepped on his. Yeah, and I think he took a photo with me or something. That'll do it every time, as our intro says. I'm never taking a photo with you. I like I like staying here. Um, exactly. I was going to ask you how 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 is your how are you feeling now? How is your fitness, your game fitness coming into this uh, Houston game? Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm not a 90 minutes fit, but I haven't played a, a full game. Uh, I played and won 60 minutes scrimmage against Galaxy Two last weekend right. or last week, uh, and that's kind of the, the only real game I, I've gotten in since the MLS Cup final, uh, except for those 10 minutes I got in the home opener. What did you uh, What did you make of the LA Galaxy's first two games? Obviously, the uh, the win at home to Chicago and then the uh, crazy, zany, wacky draw up there against Portland. Uh, what, do you, what do you make of this 2015 LA Galaxy team so far? Uh, I think we still, you know, obviously we lost Landon and Marcelo, too really big pieces and you've seen that we have guys that can fill in and, and Baggio or Kenny and, and Mika now and in the middle and then you got Jose who's, who's got the who starts this uh, to start the season and you see how well he's done with a, a goal and an assist so mm-hmm. uh, that, everyone's and I've said it that we have guys that can fill in and, and get the job done uh, even though obviously Marcelo and Landon are, are two pretty big pieces to fill yeah, I wanted to talk about Jose Villarreal. He was pretty good, obviously, in those first games. What do you what do you make of his uh, his sort of establishment over there on the on the left side in that left mid role? You know, he's, he's still a, a young kid. Uh, I don't know how old he is now, but 
he's been here for quite some time and you know I think this is a year where he's got to kind of step up and and you know take that position uh with his hand and uh it's there for him and, and he has the skill and the the ability to to take that that starting role and you've seen the, the two games that he's been in he you know he's done pretty well for us yeah, yeah, he certainly has. Do you worry that you have to get back on the field as soon as possible, not just because it's driving you crazy to not be playing soccer, but because you're worried somebody else might take your position? Is that sort of how deep the defense is on the Galaxy this year? Uh, obviously, I want to I be out there uh, as soon as I, as I can. Right. Uh, but at the same time, I don't want to go out there if I'm going to be you know, hurting myself and the team. Uh, you know, if I can only play 45 minutes, you know, that doesn't help the team uh, out very much to, to make a sub so early. But, uh, you know, obviously we're, we're deep. We've the same kind of def- defenders from last year. Uh, so there's a, a lot to play for and you no know, spots are up for grabs for sure. You know, uh, Dave Sarakin was on the show last week. He talked about competition and, and how much is competition a part or, or ingrained in this LA Galaxy uh, team from Bruce Aruna, Dave, Pat Noonan, all, all the coaches. How much of that it, it really does or is competitive day-to-day um, from training session to training session? It's always competitive. Uh, every every guy wants to win, whether you're in practice or you're in a real game. And, you know, we, we all get pissed off. You know, when we're in, in practice and we lose a, a competition or something, so uh, the competitiveness is, is there between all of us. And you know, you obviously I want you know who's ever playing defense to to have a a, a good game uh, when, when we're playing. So you know, but I just gotta you know keep my head down and, and keep working hard. And you know, when I'm fully healthy and and Bruce calls me, I I gotta be ready to play. Yeah, absolutely. What do you expect from the from this Houston team? Um, the the regular season for the LA Galaxy versus the Houston Dynamo doesn't seem to go the same as the postseason for the LA Galaxy versus Houston Dynamo. So, what do you expect from this team? Uh, they're obviously a really good team. You know, with Brad Davis and Beasley, and you know the list goes on. They have a on paper a, a really good team, and you know they're, they're tough to beat. Uh, obviously, we've been able to beat them at home the last couple of years. I don't. You know, last year in in Houston, we we kind of gave that game away at the end, and uh, you know, just a, a gritty team. Obviously, lost their their man Kamir, but you know, still a, a very deadly and lethal team. Yeah, it certainly sounds like it. My final question to let you get back to your sushi uh, as, as we've interrupted your dinner here. But uh, uh, in the new L.A. Galaxy match poster, I'm assuming that you've seen it. I want to know who looks the least like themselves in that match poster. Oh, man. Because you got Bruce in there. You got Robbie Keane. Jossie's over there. Yeah. Ishii's there. And then there's there's AJ looking very angular on the facial features there. Did you say, did you say Ishii? Yeah, I think Ishii's on there. Yeah, isn't he on there? No, that's not Ishii. Oh, <laughs> see, here we go. I'm not even looking at it right now. I was going off of memory. I'm, I'm going to say Ishii looks 
not like himself because uh, I think he looks like Omar. <laughs> he looks like Omar. Okay, so there we go. See, that's that's exactly what it was. Okay, so that, yeah, so I'm gonna go with Omar now. That you think it looks like Ishii. see, see, that's exactly what it was. I thought the height difference between you and Ishii was because you were further away, but it's just normally Omar and you. That's what it was. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't really. We're, we're, yeah, we're in the same. We're in the same level then. It's Omar and I. <laughs> no problems. Absolutely. AJ, uh, hey, hey, we wish you all the best uh, uh, as this uh, season continues. Hope to see you back out on the field very soon. Um, and uh, as always, thanks for stopping by. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, have a great one. And that's LA Galaxy defender AJ De La Garza right here on Corner of the Galaxy. Certainly appreciate him stopping by. I'm going to go ahead and take a quick break. I have a surprise call. Someone who, who just popped up wants to call into the show. I think you're going to enjoy it. Mr. Chandler Hoffman, now of the Houston Dynamo, is going to stop by and, and talk to us here real shortly. So, if you're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com, we'll be right back. Studios and not their mom's basement. It's Corner of the Galaxy. Back here on Corner of the Galaxy, Josh Gessman with you once again, and instead of jumping right into the LA Galaxy versus Houston Dynamo game, I wanted to take a quick call from a man who recently departed the LA Galaxy, but will be returning to StubHub Center this weekend wearing a much different shade of blue. In fact, that shade of blue is orange. So please welcome back to Corner of the Galaxy. Houston Dynamo striker, Mr. Chandler Hoffman. Chandler, thanks for stopping by, buddy. Certainly appreciate it. What's up, Josh? Thanks for having me. Uh, it's, it's great. I know we uh, we wanted to sort of catch up once you got settled, and, and you told me you just you got moved into your place. You're finally settled there in Houston? Yep, finally settled. So I'm sleeping in my own bed tonight. It'd be nice. It, uh, something a little bit different. I was going to ask you, the first thing I usually like to do from people who move away from California, and this goes for my friends and, and everybody else, so I don't want to make that any different, is ask you what you miss the most about the West Coast. Well, obviously the, the weather is, is a huge factor. And then uh, where I was living, I was right on the beach. Yeah. Uh, so I miss waking up to that view every morning. It's hard to to have a bad day when you wake up to that view. I, I can understand that. Well, well, you can come back and visit it whenever you want, and you will get to uh, probably be close to it here uh, Saturday as the LA Galaxy will face off against your Houston Dynamo there. But were you ready to move on from the LA Galaxy? You were you were buried pretty deep in the depth chart there. Are you seeing Houston as sort of a, a new lease on life? Yeah, you know, Josh, it was a really tough kind of decision that I had to make. Um, I had a very honest conversation with Bruce, uh, at the end of the year, uh, just kind of seeing where I fit in moving into this year. And it seemed like it was going to be uh, tough for me to kind of break through and, and get a, a real chance to, to get a good run of games and some solid minutes. And so um, did a lot of thinking and uh, it was a really tough decision because, I mean, L.A. is 
top class, everything, the organization, the players. Um, so it was, it was really hard for me to leave, but Houston seemed like an opportunity with a new general manager, new head coach, um, that there would be an opportunity for me to, to get real, real minutes and, and opportunities to kind of establish myself. And, and so, uh, that's what I'm trying to do is, is put my best foot forward and, and try to score some goals here. Yeah, you, you go from one heavyweight coach in, in, in Bruce Arena to, to another pretty big name in soccer uh, around the world with uh, Owen, Owen Coyle now as your, your new manager. Uh, what's that transition like? How, is, how has Owen been so far? They're, they're very uh, different coaches. Uh, so it's been kind of uh, two extremes, you know. Um, but it's, it's been good. Owen uh, was a striker himself and, and a left-footed player, so... Um, I feel that he can relate to me and, and um, has kind of taken me in and, and said that I actually remind him himself. Of, I mean, I remind him of himself. Uh, so it's, it's been cool to kind of hear that because uh, he, he scored quite a few goals in his day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just trying to, to learn as much as I can from him. Um, and, you know, with, with Bruce, he was, he was incredible to see how he managed uh, – like world-class players in, in Robbie and, and Bex when he was there and, and LD and, and obviously with Steven Gerrard coming in this summer. Right. Uh, so I feel like I've been very fortunate to work with some really incredible people and, and it's really helping me in my career. What's the biggest difference in those two styles? You said that they're, they're two sort of extremes. What's, what's the biggest difference you see? <laughs> Owen is incredibly enthusiastic about everything he does and so whether it's playing a, a ping pong a game before right. training uh he, he wants to win and uh it's joking around and uh just constantly fired up about life and uh bruce you don't always get that same right uh kind of energy that that owen uh has but um I, i'd say that that's kind of the biggest difference and then the, the training sessions themselves are are very different, um, just different coaching styles and right. how we prepare for games and, and go about each session. Is is it good to have um, coaching changes for for a younger developing player like yourself? Do you feel like you maybe can can tap out and only learn so much, and then if you go somewhere else, it's it's a completely new experience and you, and you're learning again. Uh, I mean, it, it's hard to say in in my career as, as it's still kind of just starting out. I mean, I feel like with the the wealth of experience that Bruce has, I don't, I don't know if he could ever uh, finish learning from all all the stuff that he's done in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think maybe for me personally, it's just kind of a a new set of eyes and and uh, a new opportunity with as far as the players that we have and and um, just the ability for me to get on the field. So I think for me, the the main thing is just finding a way to to get onto the field, and that was kind of the move I had to make at this point in my career. Well, the uh, the Houston Dynamo, this is the first time you guys will be uh, traveling on the road this year. So you had a one nothing win over Columbus to start the season, uh, dropped a game on an own goal last week to Orlando. Um, what do you make of this uh, Houston Dynamo team so far in 2015? I, I thought it was really unfortunate, the, the goal that we give up. I mean, Tyler Derrick basically stood on his head the first, week and a half up until that moment when they scored the own goal. Um, so I, I hated to see them get the goal like they, they did. I thought we've been, we've been very sound defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, last week we didn't really do much uh, going forward. So that's something that we've kind of uh, addressed this week going into the game. It's just uh, 
putting ourselves in better positions and, and how we want to attack. And obviously it's going to take time with a new manager uh, for everyone to get on the same page, but uh, we've got a, a, a good group of players and um, I think there's a, there's a lot of potential for the season to be successful. Well, saw that you came in as a, a late game sub there in the first game. Um, I know you're hungry for some more minutes. How's your confidence so far in this uh, early season here with the Houston Dynamo? Are you, uh, are you feeling confident? Do you feel like you're going to score some goals against the LA galaxy? <laughs> that's the that's the plan. I actually did an interview today, and they were asking, "Would I celebrate? Would I not celebrate if I score?" Um, but yeah, the preseason was was really good for me. I, I scored a couple goals in preseason. Mm-hmm. Played in, played in every match. I think I was the only player that played in every match for us in preseason. Um, so I think there, there's definitely going to be an opportunity for me to step on the field. Um, so yeah, I want to hit the the back of the net so bad. And, uh, if I did it against LA, it, it would it would hurt, but it would be an amazing feeling at the same time. Oh, of course, and as as we all know as LA Galaxy fans and all my listeners know that anybody who once played for the LA Galaxy, when they come back and they play against the Galaxy, is going to score a goal. I think only Michael Stevens sort of struck out on that whenever he played with Chicago uh, in the in the season opener there. So, I mean, I feel pretty confident, actually, that you're going to be scoring goals this weekend. <laughs> Well, I hope you're right about that. Well, it, it, it'll it'll be fun. Um, the LA Galaxy versus the Houston Dynamo, 7.30 p.m. at StubHub Center. I invite everybody to get there. Chandler will be obviously wearing orange this time around. Is it going to be a little strange walking back into StubHub Center, uh, Chandler, and, and wearing wearing the orange instead of the blue? Yeah, that's, that's going to be weird going into a different locker room and, and all that stuff. Uh It'll be a little weird, um, but I am excited. I, I'll pick up my ring on Saturday, so that'll be a pretty cool moment. Um, not sure how exactly they're going to do it, but I, I think I'll pick it up uh, at some point before the match, so I think that'll be pretty cool. That will be very good. Well, Chandler, we certainly wish you all the best in 2015, the best with the Houston Dynamo, maybe not the best this weekend, but I'm sure that you're going <laughs> to certainly uh, prove to be a thorn in the LA Galaxy side, so uh, thanks for stopping by. We certainly appreciate it. Thanks, Josh. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problems. We'll talk to you next time. All right, that is former L.A. Galaxy striker, Mr. Chandler Hoffman. A great guy. Really do want to uh, thank him for coming on the show. It was sort of short short notice to get him on here, but um, you should see him out there on the field. We'll see whether or not he gets any minutes in the game. Um, But like I said, a really great guy. Uh, Really did love the L.A. Galaxy while he was here. Put a lot of heart and soul into the games that he played. Um, Didn't get much time with the senior team, which is why he's now over with the Houston Dynamo. All right, so going to go ahead and take another break. Jared's going to stop by and join me again. We're going to close this thing up, wrap it all up in a nice, uh, tidy package for you. The Houston Dynamo, like I said, coming to StubHub Center at 7.30 p.m. We will preview that game coming up in this second segment. So hang in there. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. We'll be right back.
Ready for some more Corner of the Galaxy? Don't forget to head over to the website for all the latest podcasts, news, and more. Visit us online at cornerofthegalaxy.com. Hey, this is Chris. This is Eddie. This is Jason. And we're from Back Pocket Memory, and you're listening to Corner of the Galaxy. And welcome back to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Josh Kessman, Jared Dubois with you. Looking to close out the rest of this uh, show, talking some Houston Dynamo, but... I think, Jared, the uh, the best thing we should do before we get into LA, LA Galaxy news and before we start talking about the Houston Dynamo is obviously thank AJ De La Garza for coming yeah. on and, and thank Chandler Hoffman for coming on. I don't know, you know, from the way we talked with, uh, or the way I talked with AJ De La Garza there, Jared, I, I feel like perhaps he's still not uh, quite ready to to make a, a starting lineup, but it, it seems like he's moving in the right direction. I think that's what we need to take from that. And listen, AJ Delagars can come back whenever he wants. He's got an eternal spot with the LA Galaxy as far as I'm concerned. Did I ever tell you that I've never bought a jersey with a player's name on the back and the only one I would ever consider is AJ Delagarza? Well, I, I, that's, I've never heard that story before, but I can understand why you would do that. I just felt like I've never wanted to have a player's name on my back because eventually the player leaves, you know, and it's like, oh, whatever. But for some reason, AJ Delagarza is just like, I want to represent that guy. He is, uh, he's easy to like, easy to talk to. He's um, like, he's like the galaxy's Derek Fisher. So yeah, and everybody loves him. Um, he's, he can be the, like the heartbeat of the team. Yeah. Um, even with he, even with God forbid he ever went to another team, you would still feel like he was always part of your team. No, then I would burn him. You'd burn, burn that Jersey. That's why you don't get him, Jared. That's why you don't I get know, names I on the back. Too. Yeah. Well, it was great whenever, have you seen the LA galaxy's match poster there, Jared? Oh, is this one for this game is probably the best one they put out. Ever. Oh, okay. So, so I, you know, I, I, <laughs> I say this whenever I was asking AJ who he thought on the poster most didn't look like they really do in person. And I said that, you know, uh, you know, you have Jossie Zardes on the poster, that you have Robbie Keane on the poster. You have Bruce Arena in the background on the poster. Uh, AJ De La Garza is looking pretty angular in the back there uh, as well. And then you have Stefan Ishizaki. And he was like, wait, Ishii's on the poster? And I said, yeah, of course, Ishii's on the poster. And you guys all heard it. And then he goes, no, that's Omar. On the poster, so oh, then I guess I answered that question. Yeah, I was. Going <laughs> the weird thing is, in the original Star Wars version of that poster, right? Like Omar's kind of in the position, if I remember correctly, either Omar or Giassi are kindly in the position that, uh, like, Leia was clinging to the leg of Luke in right. like a very sexy way. Yeah, so so you're and wondering why that I'm didn't not, get I can't remember repeated? which side of Luke he, she was on, but yeah, one of them really needs to be hugging Robbie Keane's leg. Robbie Keane's leg, yes. Okay. Well, next time, LA Galaxy, there's your note on that one. All right, so you can do that. Um, I wanted to uh, get to a couple more calls. I, I know people called in, and I want to play your stuff when you call in because, quite honestly, we do this that way. We can hear from you, um, so you can hear from us, and we want you guys to be a part of this show. So please uh, call in. Uh, do your thing. We'll remind you after the games. Keep it up this year. I promise you I will try to play every one that I can in the amount of time that we have. So please uh, please call in 949-385-2641, 949-385-COG1. I want to get to two more calls. Um, one of the first one is from Jose. Uh, both Jose and I believe it's Jesse. Am I, am, I, am I wrong again, Jared? Let's see. Jesse? I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm Googling uh, Star Wars promotional uh, posters. Of course, so, of course you Actually, are. you know what? I think it back. Leia is in the Giassi Zardas position. Okay. She's not so much clinging to it as she's just really, really revealing her own leg. Right. So if in, for accuracy, Giassi Zardas should have definitely gone, like, hiked the, uh, the, the short leg up on the right leg and shown some thigh. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm actually kind of glad maybe that didn't happen. Maybe. And Omar is in the C-3PO role and I- Ishizaki. No, no, uh, no. Ishizaki he's not there Omar, Sorry, Omar's Omar, in the yeah. R2-D2 role okay and that puts uh, let's AJ see, who, 
AJ, AJ in that back right. No, AJ's in the R two D two role, okay. and um, Omar Gonzalez in the C three PO role. Okay, and Bruce Arena's in the Darth Vader role. Darth Vader. Is that that? That's yeah, all right. It's fine. It's mixing metaphors. That's how it is. Anyway, let's get to uh, Jose. Jose called in and Sean. They both sort of have the same question with regards to uh, to Mika. So let's talk to Jose first. Hey Josh, this is Jose Yepes for calling in from Norwalk. Uh, I just had a quick question for you. What do you think about Mika eventually replacing Bajo Husidic in the starting role? Let's say maybe going into week eight and going forward from there. Would love to hear what you think and uh, keep up all the good work. You say going into week eight? Yeah, week eight. So he's saying down down line. It's five weeks away. You know, that's going to be a tough tough thing to call. Listen, I think you saw flashes of the type of skill that you would want in a starting lineup for this team. But the the fact of the matter is, we saw the guy for 20 minutes. Right. Well, you know, I mean, that could have been the best 20 minutes he's ever played in his life. I have no idea. I don't have any context for it. I what, I, what I do know is I'd like to see him make a few more appearance, uh, substitution appearance roles in about the roughly the same minute mark. You know, give him about 20 to 30 minutes at a time and see what he does over a few more appearances. If he's able to keep that level high and show the, those same flashes that we saw and show that he can be consistent with it, then yeah, I think it's the type of skill you want in your starting lineup. The question then becomes, is it a Baji Hasidic role in the middle, or right. is it a Villarreal role out wide? No, it's it, those are all interesting questions. Let's hear from Sean real quick. Sean sort of had the same question, um, but also wanted to, wanted to shout out here. So here's Sean uh, um, on his call. Hey, this is Sean Montgomery of the Montgomery Bros. We sit in uh, Section 106. All right, so that's the that's the Montgomery Bros. in Section 106, Jared. Are you familiar with the Montgomery Bros. in Section 106, or are you now? No, it sounds like a, the Montgomery Brothers sounds like a country band. It, it uh, maybe like a, like like a rap country band? No, not like rap. Like sort of that does, new does, pop. That does not exist. That oh, trust me, they've all been a trying to do like the, the hip hop into the country stuff. Trust me. No, you know what there. that's called? That's called white boys trying too hard. That's the white boys trying to. That would that sounds like something the white boys would do. I know because I am one. All right, let's continue with Sean. Uh, that led to their goal, um, and his hesitation allowed Nagby to get to it, hit it to Addy, who put it in the net. Um, however, my question is, did Mika, uh, to finish, finish, uh, did he do enough to, uh, get a starting spot over Hussidic? I thought Hussidic. All right. So, so there's his, there's Sean's question. Did Mika do enough to get a starting spot over, uh, over Baggio Hussidic? I say probably not right now. And it's probably more a fitness issue for me, Jared, just the, the fact that you want that midfield role to be able to go 60, 70 minutes in that, in that position, especially in the side of the park. My thing is that people are far too fickle. Jump, are I mean, they jumping the was, gun? It was a week ago that everyone was calling for Hussidic to play instead of Walker because he had a great 20 minutes. Yes. Okay, so wait. now we want to, like, hey, this other guy had a great 20 minutes. Let's put him in the starting wait. spot. Wait, are you telling us to be reasonable? If if men were judged only on what they do in 20 minutes, I would be far more impressive oh. than I really am. Oh, no, that's that's not good. That's that's I'm not. Say, if I live my life in twenty minute spurts, or people always saw me in twenty minute spurts, they'd be pretty impressed. But the fact of the matter is, you need to show consistency, and I, I just we want to remind folks. Just a week ago, we were saying the same thing about Baggio Hasidic. You get him in the starting lineup, and it's like, ooh, what's that over there? you got to show some commitment to actually finding out long-term solutions here. Do I like what I saw? Yes, absolutely. Am I going to just have a knee-jerk reaction about it? No. I want to see. I don't like Baggio Hasidic, who's shown us a year's worth of results. I mean, right. this guy doesn't have the same type of thing to displace him just yet. Is it a possibility? Absolutely. But we need a few more weeks to decide. What, is, what does Bruce Arena think? No. Okay, no. 
I guess I guess Bruce isn't Pretty satisfied. Simple. Yeah, I know that's that's easy. All right, um, something that I always like to do uh, before we get real quickly into the team news is uh, go over the standings two games into the uh, into the season. That always helps. Right now, FC Dallas way up on top in the Western Conference with six points. The LA Galaxy in second place with four points. Seattle Sounders with three. Houston with three. San Jose with three. Vancouver with three. Portland with two. Real Salt Lake with two. Colorado with one. Sporting Kansas City with one. Uh, here is the fun thing that everybody in the Western Conference has at least one point, and everybody's played two games except for the Colorado Rapids, but even they got a draw on their first game, so they have a point. Uh, if you look at the Eastern Conference, three teams still without a point after two games. All of that means absolutely nothing. On to the LA Galaxy news. Uh, let's see. LA Galaxy loaned Charlie Rugg to Indy 11 on loan for the second straight season, prompting my good buddy Alec the Green on Twitter. To ask, does the loan of Charlie Ruggs say more about depth of Los Dos or ridiculousness of my, as in my, Josh's 2013 Rookie of the Year prediction? Jared, would you like to answer that first? The answer is yes. It doesn't matter which question he's answering, <laughs> asking. The answer is yes. First of all, the depth of Los Dos that um, a, a player like Charlie Rugg, who maybe is not getting a whole lot of minutes with him, some minutes, is going to be sought after for Indy 11. I think that's a great uh that's a great shout out to the LA Galaxy's uh, the second division, excuse me, second division clubs, uh, debt, third division clubs, debt. Right. Even more than that, it totally validates the vigor for which I uh, argued your preposterous Charlie Rugg for 2013 Rookie of the Year prediction. I just it, it just makes me feel all the more vindicated on the, that. The potential is so there. I mean, the potential's there with the, the, with forty kids in the God, rookie classes. See year. it. I see it though. I saw it in preseason. I still see him in my dreams it's playing pre-season, that preseason. Dude. I know it's preseason, but I'm just telling you, he's he's got the body size. He has the skills. He's able. Indy Indy's excited to get him. You're talking about a team that could be on the cusp of MLS, um, you know, graduation here. I'm not trying to disparage Charlie Rugg. All I'm trying to disparage is your ability to identify soccer players is good. Yeah, that's I, my my taste in music is horrible and I think my my taste in soccer players may be exactly the same. No, your taste in music is undebatably horrible. Yes, yes, at least we Except can argue the about Charlie you've identified to come on here, but that's more them seeking you out than the other way around. If it was up to you it would be a bunch of Taylor Swift songs in this podcast. I would not and Britney Spears. I would not disagree with that. All right, well, so it's toxic. It's okay. Uh, yeah, of course it is. Um LA Galaxy 2 news, uh they signed two academy players. This is this is Interesting and, and good news. They signed two academy players, Adonis Amaya and Elijah Martin. Um, About time MLS had a player named Adonis. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, striker Adonis Amaya and midfielder Elijah Martin, both with the LA Galaxy Academy, um, have now signed with LA Galaxy 2 as professionals. That is good news. Keep that this rolling. This is rough, though. If you're an athlete named Adonis, how good does your six-pack have to be at all times? Just You have to be. You have It has to be. And how, I mean, is his hair shoulder length? It must be, right? It has to be long and flowy. No, it, it's not long and flowy. So. That's a sellout. I just, we, you need to get him on this show and question, and question his hairstyle. Why abilities. he doesn't have shoulder length hair and a six pack abs on display at all times. Okay, I will do that. I promise. Maybe. We'll see. Sellout. Let's move on now to the LA Galaxy playing against the Houston Dynamo. This game is at Saturday at 7.30 p.m. Time Warner Cable Sportsnet. Time Warner Cable Deportes are your TV destinations. Uh, the LA Galaxy are 1-0-1 for four points. Second place in the West versus Houston, 1-1-0, three points. Uh, fourth place in the Western Conference. Remember, Houston, Western Conference. Houston, Western Conference. Say it over and over again. We were used to it, and then it went away, and then they came back. So Houston, Western Conference. All right, so uh, this will be fun. Obviously, we talked to Chandler Hoffman, a great interview. 
interview with him. He's coming back. He feels like this this Houston team, um, you know, really sort of got shafted uh, uh, last game. Uh, gave up an own goal as the only goal against Orlando City um, to to lose that game one nothing. But this is the first time that Houston will be traveling on the road, Jared. And you know, uh, quite honestly, Houston sort of plays the LA Galaxy in the regular season much better than they play the LA Galaxy in the MLS Cups they faced them. I'm actually going to argue the opposite. I, I think they play LA pretty well in the MLS Cups. They just don't get the results. Okay. They, but I think that uh, LA Galaxy has a good track record of actually beating Houston over the, over regular season games because Houston rarely, under Dominic Kinnear, obviously now under Owen Coyle, different coach, right. um, has a tendency to not get results during the regular season or just enough results to get him into the postseason, and then they turn it on. So I'm actually going to argue the, the opposite on this, but I think this is a better matchup for the LA Galaxy than the Portland Timber game. You have um, two fullbacks that are going to want to run in uh, Kofi Sarkodie and DeMarcus Beasley. That's definitely one of the biggest threats you're going to have on the field is making sure that Ishizaki and Villarreal can track those fullbacks as they go forward. Right. Outside of that, I think for the LA Galaxy, you need to attack them up the middle. You want to put Horst and Taylor on their heels. Horst is uh, a, a center back who I really enjoyed while his time at the Portland Timbers. I think last year he had a tough season for Houston, and I think that's the kind of area of the field that you want to attack them from um, I think you want to look to expose Beasley and Sarkodi when they go forward with the um, the wing play of the LA Galaxy you're going to want to play a good counterattack in against um, against Houston and see if you can expose them uh, that being said I think you also obviously this is going to be a big matchup the matchup on the field I would most I'm most nervous about I would say is the uh, Bonilla Garcia versus uh, Leonardo slash uh, uh, Omar Gonzalez matchup mm-hmm. that's a fast striker wily striker that like good with the ball that wants to play just off of Giles Barnes and suck that center back out right. off the back line and open up space behind. A lot like and I Robbie think that's Keane does. where it gets kind of dangerous for LA. Yeah, a lot like Robbie Keane does. I mean, Robbie Keane is sort of known for Very for playing that that type of role, and uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how the LA Galaxy handle this. Um, I think for starting lineup wise, as the LA Galaxy uh, come out, I think you will see Jaime Pinedo back in goal. At least all indications are pointing towards that, unless we have another convenient excuse uh, for him not to be in uh, goal. So we'll keep an eye on that as as that goes out. As the starting lineup speaking gets announced. Of, speaking of things to keep an eye on, Tyler Derrick. I yeah. mean, this is the, probably one of the most up and down players I've ever seen over two games. I've absolutely lights out for vast majorities of these games and then prone to a very big mistake. I mean, I don't want to make that assumption over him as a man or as a person over a career or anything like that because it's right. very early, but he has been absolutely one of the best goalkeepers not to get good results so far this season. He has made huge stops and been, I mean, just lights out impressive. And then he will make a absolute gaffe, which um, really cost Houston points in the last game. Well, you know, as we continue with the the LA Galaxy starting lineup, don't expect a lot of changes. That's what I'm going to say. Uh, this may be, in fact, the exact same lineup that Bruce Arena has trotted out. And quite honestly, this early in the season for Bruce Arena to trot out the same lineup back to back would be um, almost a miracle. But I feel like that's probably how this is going to go. Uh, Mika off the bench. I think you're certainly going to see that. I think you're probably going to see Alan Gordon off the bench. I think you should expect that that's going to happen. And for Zardis to eventually slot back into that left mid role as they're really trying to get Villarreal up into uh, game shape for you know, that 75, 80 minutes, um, you know, he got a pretty good shift against Portland. You could expect Villarreal to, again, put in a pretty nice shift and then see that LA Galaxy formation uh, move Zardis back into the left mid role with Alan Gordon going up there. Um, I don't see a lot in this. It's still pretty early for me to tell whether or not Houston is is for real. Um, the fact is they've scored one goal over two games. The LA Galaxy have scored four goals over two games. If that means anything right now, then, you know, the LA Galaxy is certainly the driver's seat. And the LA Galaxy
Galaxy have turned StubHub Center into an absolute freaking fortress um, starting back in, uh, in, in 2014. Back so, to RSL in the very first game of last year. Yeah, that was the last time the LA Galaxy lost. So, I mean, if you're, you're playing the, the odds here, then you have to think that the LA Galaxy uh, can certainly do better. The LA Galaxy are undefeated in their last 21 matches in all competitions at StubHub Center. All right? That's what you need to know. That's why you need to be there to continue to be loud. All that fun stuff. If you're looking for tickets, lagalaxy.com forward slash tickets. You can go on StubHub as well. Um, the Both, I think, the LA Riot Squad and uh, the Angel City Brigade also selling tickets. Don't know if those links are still up. Um, but if you want to be part of those supporter sections, I certainly uh, suggest that you go to both of those places and be loud. And Angel City Brigade, I certainly hope that uh, we'll get to hear you for a full 90 minutes. And if not, I understand. Um, but I'll just say that, uh, that your... Um, your contribution to what it's like in the atmosphere of StubHub Center is the reason that I fell in love with soccer. So I hope that you guys are back to full voice at 90 minutes again. That's that. And by the way, shout out to the uh, Timbers Army for showing support for ACB at the last game. There's been a there's been a bunch of support across the uh, the league. I think uh, Chicago also had some support for ACB. Um, there's what, 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 what they do is chant streamers, 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 streamers. streamers. Somebody threw. Um, I, I want to say I don't remember if it was. Chicago, but somebody threw uh, blue and gold streamers um, at their game uh, cool. for for in support of the Angel City Brigade. So I, I mean, that means Did they a lot. get banned. Uh, yeah, I know. We'll we'll see oh. about that. Anyway, so just want to say, hope hope to hear you guys back out there in full voice. Uh, let's see, Jared. Anything else, or are we are we done? Uh, that's up for you to decide. You run this thing, dude. I just show up for the paycheck. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> You've been waiting a by long way, time for that. Way, where's, my where's my paycheck? I was going to say, all right, Jared, let's go ahead and do the plugs. Get on out of here. Uh, you can get me on the best soccer show at poundbackheel.com. And you can find us on Twitter at Best Soccer Show. You can find me on Twitter at jrodius, J-R-O-D-I-U-S. And look for in the coming weeks an upcoming release of a new show I'll be hosting, a soccer-themed game show talking MLS and American soccer going to be called Game On. And if you follow PatKill.com, you can, or myself, you can find more information about that in the coming weeks. Yeah, it should be fun. I'm actually looking forward. I, got, I caught a little bit of a clip there, Jared, so I'm excited. I, I'm waiting for you to, to tune it up and, and let her fly. Yeah. All right, great. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman. I uh, want to thank both AJ De La Garza from the LA Galaxy, Chandler Hoffman, former LA Galaxy player, now current Houston Dynamo player, for uh, stopping by the show. Great talking to both of those guys. I want to thank the LA Galaxy for making AJ available to us, and Chandler Hoffman, uh, or excuse me, the Houston Dynamo for making Chandler Hoffman available as well on some short notice. So uh, let's see. I think that's about it. If this great music you're listening to, of course, is Back Pocket Memory, and we did have Drop City Yacht Club, please go on iTunes, download their stuff. That's how we get to have this music is by you guys going out there and buying some of their stuff. They give it to us so you guys can be exposed. You can listen to it. So I hope we'll get some other bands as this season progresses. But please, Drop City Yacht Club and Back Pocket Memory, two excellent bands. Check them out. For Mr. Jared Dubois, I'm Josh Gessman, and you've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. We will catch you next time. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast, and be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent L.A. Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Corner of the Galaxy and its related podcasts are part of backheel.com. 
Backheel.com is a collection of soccer podcasts and multimedia offerings covering soccer around the world. You can follow them at Backheel.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you here again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.